Our scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 through 5. And our sermon today is entitled, Comfort My People. This is the Lord's word. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning for those of you on YouTube, and uh, welcome here to Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church. Today is the week before Christmas, and for some reason the Lord has said to CCPC, Many of you will get sick. Many of you will fall ill. And for some reason, to, to CCPC, God has said, for those of you who are ill, be faithful. Know that I am still with you. And for those of you who are walking with those who are ill, God has called you to be faithful servants and to love to encourage, to make food, or nowadays to order food, and to be encouragement in knowing that, well, no matter how sick we may be, God is still our God. God is still the God of this church. And we walk together. God has a way of doing things according to his wisdom, and according to his plan, and not ours. We often want God to do what we want. And we want to do things according to, as Paul likes to say, well, what our stomach wants. We want to do according to how we feel and what we desire for the moment. And oftentimes we think that we know what is best for ourselves, and even best for other people. But I dare say, when we look back in our own little history, for those of you who maybe journal and you look back and you read the stories, you look back and you say to yourselves, how merciful God was to me. That in my youth, in my naivety, the Lord still did according to his word. And in all that he orchestrated, he did so, that I would be here today, joyfully worshiping him. This is our God. God does things according to his plan, according to his work. And we know that he himself is all wise, 
And so we trust in him and we walk in his ways. This chapter in Isaiah chapter 40 is indicative of what God does. God is the one who, who plans things. He is not haphazard in his will or haphazard in the way he brings about salvation to his people. But God has a plan, a plan that is wise, a plan that will be accomplished, a plan that will bring him glory, and a plan that will bring many, many sons and daughters unto him. If you read the prophets, and especially if you read Isaiah, Isaiah is a very, very difficult book to do your quiet times with, especially if you do just a chapter a day. Why? Because chapter 1 through 39 is simply God saying, Israel, you messed up. You will be judged. And here is how I'm going to judge you. Here is how I'm going to make your life miserable for all the sins that you have done against me. And so you could imagine if you were doing 39 days of just chapter one, okay, we've sinned. Chapter two, okay, we've sinned again. Chapter three, little bits here like in chapter six of, of, of God bringing mercy, but just chapter after chapter after chapter of judgment that it would crush you. I dare say even in 39 days, if, if your loved ones were just to, to say to you harsh things, that it would take a toll on your heart and your soul. Isaiah chapter 1 through 39 God is trying to demonstrate to Israel and demonstrate to all of humanity that the sin in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 of Adam and Eve deserves a punishment so severe that all of humankind must know the depths of their sins, and the justice of the punishment that God will unleash. And at times when we hear things like that, we want to run away from this God. We do not want a God of punishment, a God of justice, a God who over and over again, truthfully, but harshly perhaps says, all of you must be destroyed. But God has a plan. His plan was that all people would know his holiness and his majesty. His plan was that all people would know that God himself was not like you and me, but he was the creator of the heavens and the earth. That this God, when he appears, 
when he appears, that there will be no human being able to stand in his presence. Because our sins, our frailties, would be exposed naked before him. Nothing hidden. This is the God that we worship. This is the God, this is the, the environment, this is the situation in which Isaiah chapter 40 is given to the nations and given to Israel specifically. Why? Next week we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is a wonderful time in our society. Christmas is a wonderful time in our Western world. Um, I've been amazed when I look at the 19, especially from the 1980s on, how Eastern, uh, how Asian countries like Japan and Korea have sort of co-opted Christmas and it's become part of their time of celebration because they've seen in, in America and in the West that this is a time of joy, and it is. But the joy that God wants to give you are not the Hallmark movies that come out every, every year. They're not sentimental things that we experience. They're not just Christmas songs that we sing. They're much deeper than that. And in fact, as many of you have gotten older, the exchanging of gifts, it's wonderful. But it doesn't bring a twinkle in your eye like it did when you were six or seven years old, does it? But we've grown up to understand that Christmas is truly about God himself taking away his wrath. God himself expunging the universal punishment of all creation by revealing the sons and daughters of God and through them bringing salvation to those who he's called. Christmas is about you and I acknowledging once again that he is the only light that has shined in the darkness and that all of our hope is found in him. And so Isaiah 1 through 39, what God is doing in many ways is showing you how dark darkness truly is. Darkness is not simply about being blind and not seeing. 
but true darkness is knowing that you are under the wrath and the punishment of God. And then Isaiah 40 comes. Shining like a bright beacon. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. God has a plan. There will be someone who will bring comfort, strength, salvation to those who are living in this dark light, to those who seem hopeless in all things, to those who have fallen in the pits of despair. That there will be one who will prepare a way. The mountains will be made low. The path will be made straight. So that when the Savior comes, all will know without a doubt that the one promise has come to bring light and hope to all. This is what God does. God has a plan. God prepares a way. Redemptive historically in history, we see this. The whole nation of Israel is suffering. Not only has God abandoned us, but in his abandonment, he has let the nations judge us and oppress us, punish us. They are God's tool of wrath towards us. But there will come a day when I will send my son to you. And we will celebrate that day next week, Christmas. The birth of more than a child but one who will bring light in our darkness. You see, Scripture has a way of looking at what we call these themes in redemptive history, uh, these, these huge scoping events, and showing that analogically, this actually relates to our own individual faith, our faith as families, and our faith as a church, and, and it's this. We have lived in great darkness for such a long time before we know, knew Christ. It wasn't just 39 chapters. If we read one a day, that we saw our sin and our hopelessness. But before Christ, we were in utter darkness judging ourselves in pits of despair. There are many of us that we, people that we know who do not know the Lord and you can see that they've tried everything in this world. Internet has allowed us to try everything in this world. Every religion you want to try, it's on YouTube. Any guru you want to follow, it's on YouTube. 
any remedy that you want to find, it's on Amazon. You can find anything and everything. And people have tried everything and anything. And yet darkness remains. Hopelessness remains. A deep depression remains. What is God trying to show these people and perhaps even show you? That there really is no other hope but Christ himself. There is no other comfort but Jesus himself. And in the midst of your darkness and despair, even as Christians, in the midst of your sickness, that God is showing you his light and his presence. God has a plan for all of history, but similarly, analogically, that pattern is the same pattern for you and me. We see darkness so that we can see light. We see the depths of our sins that we may see the heights of his grace, that we may see other darkness, so that when Jesus is born, all we see is light. This is the plan that God has, the, the, the pattern that he uses in history and the pattern that he uses for you and me. This Christmas season, don't try to work up joy. Now, I think in our society today, that's, that's less, people are more cynical. But don't try to work up joy. But during this Christmas season, acknowledge brokenness once again. Acknowledge that perhaps that there are people that you miss from past Christmases who have passed on, perhaps. Acknowledge that there indeed is some darkness and some sadness in your life, perhaps. But acknowledge on Christmas Day that there's hope. As many of you will be gone this next week or so visiting family, visiting relatives, seeing old friends. And you'll put on a smile, and they'll put on a smile. No, no one wants to be the, the one who brings people down. But everyone is human. As Christ has been a light to you and has comforted you, Go and comfort others. And show them the love of Christ. Show them that God may be showing you this difficult time. Mom, dad, brother, sister, friend. That you may see that Christ is the only light that shines. God is a planner. He planned all this. 
Lastly, this is the end of the year. We have a tendency in our lives, and this is not just us, it's just in all of society, to let the world sort of um, schedule our time. We let external circumstances schedule what we do. And in so doing, we do it to the detriment of our faith and to the detriment of being witnesses for God and overall the detriment of our own joy in the Lord. God is a God who planned all of salvation. God is a God who, who plans your lives and has brought you to you. And God wants you to, well, in the same way, plan. Plan how you will follow the Lord. Plan how you will comfort people. Plan how you will make paths straighter, if I could say that. That you may be able to share the gospel with people. Plan in such a way that you will grow in your faith with the Lord. Don't let the world dictate how you're going to do things. But let the Lord himself fashion how you will see your lives and see the rest of history. That being said, take time to read God's word. Just take time. For those of you who were at the retreat, we remember we broke up into families and, and I asked the men, lead your families in time of worship. Go and do it. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just do it. For those of you who, who are single at the moment, take advantage of the time you have to read the Bible and to soak in the, the merit of what God has done for you. Plan your time in prayer. You might think that, oh my goodness, you know, this, I want to be spontaneous in my faith. I want to be natural in my faith. I want to sort of feel right in my faith. That's not what God did. God planned. And God executed. Now God is perfect, a little bit different. But even with us, whether your morning is a good morning or a bad morning, you spend time with the Lord. Whether you feel like you're reliving Isaiah 1 through 39 in the darkness, or you're living with chapter 40 and on in, in light, Jesus is still always with you. Spend time with him. I know many of you heard me say this before, but spontaneity is a, a coward's way out spontaneity is is actually someone who is selfish spontaneous spontaneous person is actually someone who who does things according to what he or she wants but someone who's faithful day in and day out and does what is required god blesses
And again, you can only be spontaneous if you have an ordered life. Spontaneity, spontaneity without an ordered life is just, I don't know what that is, but it's, it's not a good thing. But just live day by day for him. Plan the way that you're going to spend Christmas with your family. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your kids. Say, we're going to go and I want, you to, I want us to pray for grandma, grandpa. I want you to talk with our uncles and our aunts, friends we will meet. And I want, to be an, I want us as a family to be an encouragement. God planned his love for us. We too must learn to plan our love for him and our love for others as well. Don't wait for your feelings to catch up. Don't wait to, for it to happen spontaneously. Don't count on what people like to call divine appointments out of the blue. It's like, oh, wow, I just had this conversation and wow, I wasn't expecting this. Those should be, how should I say this? More planned than they are unplanned. The joy of having Christmas is knowing that at least once a year, we have the opportunity to talk about Jesus. You have an opportunity to say, look, we have this nativity scene. Jesus was born this day. The opportunity to sing Christmas carols and hymns that they would never sing. And say, yes, Jesus was born today. Brothers and sisters. You used to live in darkness. You used to walk in the ways of this world. You used to follow the, uh, uh, the rulers of the air, as Ephesians calls it, uh, Satan and his minions. But you are no longer prisoners of darkness. You are children of the light. Let us live as children of the light. Let us love one another. Let us love our God for who he is and what he has done. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the one who defines all of history. It is not us. But Lord, we confess to you, Lord, that in this, I guess, modern day, there are so many, so many distractions. There are so many, so many people, Lord, who are telling us the best ways to live. But Father, we come here to acknowledge that life actually is very simple. It's to fear you and to love others. And so we thank you, Lord, that this Christmas day, or this Christmas season, that we are able to, Lord, understand that your birth is assigned to all nations. 
that you have come to bring salvation to those who call upon your name. And yes, indeed, judgment to those who do not. And Father, you have called us as your children to show forth that same light of joy and of faith, to bring hope in darkness, to bring hope to those who have no hope, and to share that Jesus himself can bring meaning to all things. So Lord, I, I pray for us as a church, again, as individuals, as spouses, as fathers and mothers, as sons and daughters, as community groups, and as a church. Help us, Lord, to plan and number our days in a way that honors you, and yes, will bring us joy. Teach us, Lord, to, to walk, Lord, in faithfulness. We pray, Lord, for all of us, Lord, who will be visiting family members and, and seeing old friends. Father, we know that many, many people, that this is not a good time for them. They don't want to see us. They don't want to see other people. For many people, Lord, this is, this is not a good time. They've lost jobs. They've lost their health. Relationships have gone amok. And they're feeling hopeless. Lord, help us, Lord God, to enter into these people's lives in a way, Lord, that is not saccharine, that's not fake, but in a way that offers, Lord, the hope of Christ. Help us also to celebrate, Lord, our family and our friends, to celebrate them, Lord God, to have joy in knowing that here are people made in your image, here are people who are gifted in many ways, here are people who make us laugh, who make us think, who make us feel loved, and maybe rejoice with them, ever being thankful to you, Lord God, for the good gift of relationships. And yes, again, we pray, Lord, for our health. We pray, Lord, for August's, mo August's mother, that you bring healing quickly to her body, and as they have shared that they would have opportunities to continue to bring forth your word to people who they meet because of this illness. And we pray for all of us, Lord, who are sick at home. In the midst of our sickness, may we show, Lord, our families that, well, our hope is in you. And we know, Lord God, that you and you alone and your will shall be accomplished. So we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>